it is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. The investigators tell us it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired. Christine, Laura, what you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations. Arise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. And I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow and that the Russians taped it and have leverage over him. Welcome to Information Operation. We're continuing our 2022 series on the coming election. And being mostly veterans ourselves, we'd like to have U.S. military on the show. Anthony Sabatini is a state rep in Florida. He's also a Florida Army National Guard infantry officer, a captain. And he happens to be running for the 7th District in Florida, which is near Orlando. Welcome, Anthony. Thanks for having me on. So who is Anthony Sabatino? Some people might not know you. I mean, I know you've been on War Room and some other things, but give us a 30,000 foot of uh, why you're the America first candidate that the country needs. Sure. So uh, I'm a lawyer and National Guard officer here in Central Florida that uh, is often referred to as the most conservative member of the state legislature. Um, I don't really think of myself as... Uh, in that way, I think of myself as the person that's most dissatisfied with where society is right now. And I want to uh, win back the territory we've lost to the insane left. Yeah. So I'm not trying to conserve where we're at. I'm trying to go on offense and, and uh, destroy the left and the people that are trying to destroy our country. So uh, I'm not trying to conserve where we're at right now, but that's basically how I'm characterized. Um, uh, I think we need more of that in uh, Congress. We don't have people who know how to fight or nor want to fight um, yeah. in Congress. Most of the Republicans are bad. There's a major misconception about the caucus. They think it's like mostly good people. Then there's like a decent amount, like a small amount of rhinos like Kitzinger and Cheney. Yeah. But it's really quite the opposite. Most of them are rhinos. Uh, there's a few that are really bad and vocal like Kitzinger, but most of them are rhinos. Yeah. Uh, there's only about 14, 15, 16 actually good America first reps. Most of them are total trash. So we need to add to the uh, caucus of hardcore, true America first reps like Paul Gosar, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, Andy Biggs, Chip Roy, people, Mo Brooks, people like that. Um, so and that's a very small group. So. Yeah. So what, what do you think right now is the number one issue uh, facing the country that you'd like to tackle? Well, right now, I would say it's still social media censorship because you can't do anything on pro-life. Illegal, illegal immigration, the COVID tyranny, none of the other issues matter if you can't organize and communicate yeah. and get the message out. So until you take a giant sledgehammer to big tech by breaking it up or just doing everything you can to prohibit mm -hmm. the censorship by classifying them as common carriers, none of the other issues matter because you're never going to win on those because you can't organize and you can't communicate on those issues. Like right now, if you're speaking out against the COVID tyranny, you could be deplatformed very easily. And uh, you basically are for forced to accept the narrative on everything, uh, including vaccine mandates. Now, the new definition of anti-vax means you're against mandates. So, like, if you're legitimately just against the mandates but don't care about the vaccine or you're pro-vaccine just against the mandate, you could still be labeled on social media as anti-vax uh, yeah. based on opposition to the mandate. So, social media censorship is still number one. Uh, and then number two, I would say, is reforming our immigration system, both stopping illegal immigration, but also totally reforming our normal legal immigration system, which is way 
way too uh, plentiful. It's 1.2 million people coming into the country a year. Our education institutions have failed. We're not assimilating these people. And it's contributing to the desiccation of our culture and our American identity. So um, we need to cut back on legal immigration, too. So what do we do with the millions that are coming across the border? You know, let's say we take back power in 22 and then get someone in the White House in 24. What do we do about the, you know, upwards of five to 10 million that may have crossed illegally? And do we you have to deport every single one of them? And you got to be very honest about this. And if you once you begin the process of deportations, a lot of the illegal immigrants are just going to up and leave. But uh, what happens is the Republicans are so weak, they're afraid of the media narrative on it. So they're not willing to deport. But you got to engage in serious deportations because that's going to deter illegal immigrants from coming over and they're going to self-deport once they see it happening. So that's going to be key. That happened to Trump or during Trump a good bit, I would say. Um, getting back to social media, what, what, what are the logistics as far as you see as, uh, as far as dealing with that problem? Is it 230? Is it uh, lawsuits? Is it is it uh, classification? It's, it's breaking them up because they, they're yeah. pernicious towards our economy and many other things, and they cannibalize our economy in many other ways. But uh, in terms of the censorship issue, you have to classify them as common carriers similar to a telecommunications company because Mm -hmm. that would give you the legal right to prohibit any viewpoint discrimination so you're really just making them operating them more like utility regulating them more like utility yeah and i think you do need to amend section 230 to allow more types of lawsuits towards social Mm -hmm. media companies but the bigger issue uh can be handled by skirting section 230 by just prohibiting viewpoint discrimination and not worrying about the content engagement that they're uh, dealing with so I know that I know Andrew Torba fairly well at Gab, and he's concerned about altering 230 for the smaller companies that may be impacted by lawsuits. Do you see any kind of like scale as far as that would be put together? Uh, lawsuits for what again? I'm sorry. Well, I mean, let, let's say, uh, you know, they re- if he loses as a smaller social media company that's growing, it loses that 230 protection um, with any type of future amendments to the, to the regulation. No, the the law that would be proposed would say you have to have 50 million subscribers or more. So you're not talking uh, about any social media sites except for the big three, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, but also, yeah. you know, others if they get to that level. So it's 50 million or more. It has nothing to do with the, the little guys. Gotcha. So what do you think about a, as far as statewide audits in Florida? What are your thoughts there? So I think you need a 50 state audit in mm-hmm. every state. There's no reason not to do it. There's literally mm-hmm. zero reason not to do an audit everywhere. Mm-hmm. Just to double check. I mean, even if there was just some abuse in the mail-in voting or uh, the voting rolls not being accurate, people voting yeah. weren't legal residents, the only way you're going to find it is with an audit. So you got to do a 50 state audit. I'm pushing for it. But, you know, weak need spineless rhinos like the Speaker of the House in Florida. I'm in the state legislature, if you don't know. Um, yeah. I think we did say that, but I don't know if your audience is uh, aware of that. Still forgot about that. I'm in the state legislature, and yeah, uh, there's Republicans standing in the way of an audit because they don't want to be attacked by the media. And that's really the definition of a rhino is not their policy positions, but their their cowardice. So even if they disagree with me, that's mm-hmm. fine. There's usually disagreement in the Republican Party, but mm-hmm. these people are just too cowardly to do the right thing because they don't want to be attacked by the media and deal with the conflict or a fight. So um, that's what we're dealing with right now, just trying to get through the Republican establishment and getting these audits through. And Florida has got it. You got you got to do it in Florida because we're the third biggest state. We're the second biggest Republican state. Mm-hmm. We're the biggest swing state. And one county can throw the election. So there's just no reason not to do an audit. 
What what are your strategies to try to push that through? Are you just pressuring these people or or yeah, what? I mean, it's, 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 act, all right? about, yeah. it's all about knowledge and education. If people yeah. knew who the real rhinos were, they would drum them out of office and primary them. The problem huh. is the party makes everyone think that the, the rhinos are just these two or three people. Mitt Romney, you know, Liz yeah. Shane, it's like, no, mo most of them are rhinos and they go completely against their own voters every single day. Um, you know, 80 percent, 70 percent maybe are rhinos um you know serving for the wrong reasons and, and afraid of the leadership team um it's not two or three people so you know if that's known and they're educated people are not going to vote for them but it's all about getting the knowledge out which takes money messaging communication it's just mm -hmm. hard most people have no clue what the hell is going on yeah that is for sure do you think florida will have a fair election in 22 I think it'll be much more fair than most states but i don't think it'll be fair enough because i think if yeah. you don't do an audit you don't know what the issues are Oh, that makes sense. I noticed on your website you uh, uh, are pretty big on one of your main issues is term limits. Mm -hmm. And you said for every politician. Tell us about that. Why do you think we need term limits? Well, uh, it's, you know, people talk about how corrupt the political system is. It's not until you're in it, working in it, you see how really corrupt it, it truly is. And it's uh, yeah. been true in my six years in politics. I've seen horrible corrupt people, empty suits, just using the system to benefit themselves. And what happens is term limits makes it that those people have to get out of office once in a while. They can't just sit in office and things get worse and worse and worse yeah. each month and each year. And so, um, you know, term limits, what it does is it creates competitiveness in a system where lobbyists and special interests who have captured and they basically own uh, legislators and different elected officials in various parts of the government or even staff um, can can remain, you know, captured by these special interests. Mm -hmm. When you have term limits, you force more elections, a higher frequency of elections and more competitive elections and uh, more interest in those elections because they occur more frequently. And so and they're more intense. So when you have that, you have more eyes on and it becomes just an empirical solution where people are more focused on what's happening in politics because of the elections. If you don't have term limits, then the same person persists in office forever. Most people think that they're doing a good job and they sort of check out mentally. Yeah. And, um, you get less interest in politics, which creates more corruption. So it's that's it's that simple. So every elected official in the United States has to be term limited at every level, even judges. What about, um, you know, you, you hear the argument from those against term limits that the bureaucrats will take over, the, the perennial staffs, and we'll run everything in the in the in the politician will just be a figurehead. I mean, do you have any ideas how to deal with that issue? I mean, I no, think you're it right. It was inaccurate. Um, what happens is that becomes that. First of all, that's an issue whether you have term limits or not. If you don't have term yeah. limits, like in D.C., staff and special interests still wield enormous power. What, what what matters is are the people giving that power away? So you you elect someone in office, are they willing to give their power to staff, special mm -hmm. interests, and bureaucracies? That happens mm -hmm. whether there's term limits or not. When you have term limits, the problem is heightened because now the people have shortened time periods, which really isn't that short. They're still, still in office for eight years in most cases. Yeah, um, They have plenty of time to master the subject area. But what's required is more virtue of the people you elect. If they don't have virtue and they're not willing to go uh, learn the subject material, then it's more likely that the staff's going to have more power. So you're just you're fixing one problem and it's highlighting this other problem that's already uh, it's already uh existed in the system mm -hmm. but it's more highlighted now so people yeah. think that it's created by term limits no it's a problem that already exists 
It's just term limits makes you more aware of it. And the truth of the matter is term limits in no way exacerbates the other issue. What it does is uh, it fixes one issue. So now you still have to deal with this other one. So the way you deal with that is you just choose people that are willing to not yield all their power to the staff and the lobbyists and the special interests. I mean, I'm, tell- I'm talking firsthand here. I've seen it in real life. Most people who make the argument have never worked in politics, so they have no idea what they're talking about. But, um, you know, it's, it's, a we- it's just a weak argument. Yeah, and people and people know better. That's why eighty-two percent of people approve of term limits. So, being a, a military officer, I mean that carries a lot of weight that uh, you know most people don't realize. Uh, you know, you've given a commission by the president of the United States. What? How would you do? I mean, we have some major problems in the military right now, from CRT to 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 literally infiltration in some areas. I believe. How would you deal with the Department of Defense um, as a congressman? Well, right now, there's almost no accountability of the Pentagon mm-hmm. and the Department of Defense. Most of them are bought off by most of the congressmen are bought off by special interest defense contractors. And mm-hmm. so they, they they would never even proffer mild criticism of the defense industry outside of the uh, core group of America first independent minded conservatives. I was mentioning earlier, like Mark yeah. Green or Gates. We just need to grow that caucus because, you know, the proper mm-hmm. the most important function of Congress is oversight of the existing government and uh there is no oversight right now of the pentagon and the dod if you get independent-minded republican officials who are willing to go against the grain they will provide that oversight and they will investigate into things like the withdrawal of afghanistan Mm -hmm. and uh the corruption of the generals who go to from the military to the defense contracting industry take board seats on like raytheon and all this and yeah um basically use that influence to try to guide what the military does in 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 illicit in the corrupt way um but you just got to get better people elected but it's very simple that's a very simple answer you just got to get people who are willing to provide that oversight and accountability and they just don't exist right now they they really don't exist because most republicans are more interested in just looking pro-military without actually doing anything to try to help or improve the military by holding it accountable Completely agree. Uh, lastly, I, I saw you uh, want to bring the Donald J. Trump highway to Florida. Tell us about that. So Trump is the first president of the United States to live in Florida. So I think obviously like any president, he deserves to have significant geographical uh, and cultural relics to be named after him, but especially here in Florida. So the longest road in Florida goes through the spine, the heartland of Florida, Highway 27. It goes through the middle of Florida, which is the most Republican parts. Uh, including my district and it's the longest roads that goes the almost the whole state length and uh, i think it should be called the donald j trump highway this really shouldn't even be a controversial idea it should have just passed unanimously since even obama has roads named after uh, himself in florida but the rhino establishment controlled by the bush family and jeb bush will do everything they can to stop it so they've literally blocked my bill and refused to allow it to be heard in committee because they hate Trump so much. And that's wow. you know, Trump and, and MAGA needs to realize that most of the Republicans and like the office are complete, complete cowards and anti-Trump. And it's just, that's just who these people are. And, uh, you know, they'll send mailers out saying that they're America first and all this, but they actually hate the movement and they hate the energy that the grassroots has received under Trump and the, and the, the power they've received. And, uh, they're trying to reverse that. It's 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 pretty bad. Our Republican yeah. Party needs to really be, you know, completely and totally reformed. We don't need a scalpel. We need like a chainsaw to 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 reform it. 
Yeah, in Georgia, we have little GOP officials trying to put people who come to uh, precinct meetings in jail if they don't, you know, uh, calling them terrorists and all kind of stuff. So I, I understand what you're saying. So how do people get in touch with you uh, and have, have people donate? How do people help you in your campaign? Well, best thing they can do, obviously, we're still trying to fundraise. We've raised a lot of money, but, uh, mm -hmm. you know, every donation matters. We've raised $600,000 at mm -hmm. sabatiniforcongress.com, my mm -hmm. website, sabatiniforcongress.com. But also to follow me and spread the word and spread the message on social media. And I'm on every site from Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to Getter, Telegram, mm -hmm. Signal, and everything else. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, just type in Sabatini, S-A-B-A-T-I-N-I, and uh, you'll find me. And getting the word out is really key for the election. So anyone who wants to follow me on social media, I'd be very grateful. Anthony, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. And uh, down the road, prior to the election, we want to have you back on, see how the campaign's going. Thanks, Todd. Take care.